Well, amen. It's great to be with you all this morning. How are we doing, brothers and sisters? No, 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 no. How are we doing this morning, brothers and sisters? It's great to be with you all. For those who don't know my name, it is Kyle Lounsbury. Like my wife mentioned, we help lead the college ministry in Orange County at Cal State Fullerton, UC Irvine. We got students at Chapman coming in. We got students at Fullerton College all over Orange County. We love here being in Orange County. Um, my wife and I actually, we live in Brea, which is like one of the most northern cities of Orange County. I think it's the most north, right? So we are North OC, okay? We, we love North OC. And... Um, we are so grateful to be able to serve in this church with all of you guys. You know, a lot of us just got back from our Orlando Vision Conference. Raise your hand if you were there. Awesome. It was such an amazing time where we got to see brothers and sisters and disciples from all over, uh, really the world, join together in Orlando to be able to hear some lessons, to fellowship, to worship together, and to catch a new vision for what God can do in His kingdom together. Amen. Also, what just happened and took place this past summer is, let's see if this works, there we go. We just finished up our 2022 Orange County Summer Internship Program. As you see there, that's our interns. And what that is, is a group of young people who have the heart and desire to be trained to do either full-time ministry, part-time ministry, or also some other aspect of leading the church, whether it's social media, whether it's giving in different ways where we can really uh, reach the next generation. This is our awesome group. And what we got to do is study out the book of Daniel together. And studying out the book of Daniel was such an encouraging and convicting time to see the conviction Daniel and Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego had and in their faith with God. And obviously we got to hear a couple weeks ago from some of the, the interns that preach on Daniel chapter 3 with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was such an encouraging time. You know, having these awesome interns was an encouraging time, not just for the college ministry, but really for the entire Orange County Church. We have people serving both in our young professionals ministry. We're starting a group in, in the central uh, area. Is that me? Feedback? No? Okay. Maybe it's these other mics. Um, where we're starting a new group called the Next Gen Ministries, where we're starting to reach out to college students at UC Irvine. We're starting to reach out to young singles and young marrieds all throughout the Irvine area, starting that group. And we have a couple of amazing people who want to help lead and serve in that ministry. We also had uh, an awesome intern in our Spanish ministry here in the North OC, which was awesome. And we've also got to have a ve our very own social media uh, intern as well, who is in the North OC. So we were all spread out in various different ways, which is very encouraging. But one thing I realized was that having all these awesome people want to serve and give in the summer is great, but especially for campus, it can feel a little restricting. It can feel a little like, man, I wish that we could be on campus when there's thousands of students around us so we can go and spread the gospel to them. But unfortunately, in the summertime, there's like maybe 10% of the student population is on campus. And so it can feel a little restricting with, when it comes to reaching out to people. And so although we were still able to effectively build new relationships, build unity, and be fruitful in other ways, we still uh, were able to meet some awesome people during the summer. But 
it felt like there was some slight restriction, right? It felt like there was only a cap on what we could do. And it made me think about my own walk with God. I was like, man, have there been times in my life where I've felt like, wow, there's just so much God can do. I'm so fired up. I'm so excited for what he's going to do. I have all these dreams and visions, but I can feel a little restricted. Can any of you relate to that? Have you ever felt restricted in your walk with God? You ever feel like there's a trial or there's, a, there's maybe a temptation or there's an obstacle that gets in your way? You've got this great vision. Maybe it's a dream for what you want to do in the ministry. Maybe it's a dream for what you want to do or, or maybe it's a, a, a faith building thing in your own walk with God. But then boom, something gets in the way. Something slows you down. Something stops you. It can be a little upsetting, it can be disheartening, it can be discouraging, can't it? Well, today, we're going to look at a story in the Bible of a man who was restricted in his faith very heavily, yet he didn't let it prevent him from being faithful and honoring to God. Amen? And I think his example is worth imitating. So the title of today's lesson is Don't Fear the Lion. Don't Fear the Lion. We're going to jump into Daniel chapter 6 here. Turn with me to Daniel chapter 6 and verse 1. We're going to jump in. In Daniel 6 verse 1 it reads, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy. Oh wait, no, but wow, I lost my spot. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, We will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has to do with something to do with the law of his God. My first point this morning is favor from the king. So what we, what we see going on here in the chapter before Daniel 6 and Daniel chapter 5 Daniel had great favor from King Nebuchadnezzar, right? He was the king of Babylon at that time. He was a, 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 a very powerful ruler, probably the most powerful in all of the world at that time. But the kingdom fell, and Nebuchadnezzar, he ends up dying, and, and the kingdom falls. But we see Darius the Mede, a new, a new king, come into power. He receives the kingdom at the age of 62, and Babylon fell that night, and Daniel got reinstated by King Darius, because he had such exceptional character, exceptional qualities, that he was an amazing leader under King Nebuchadnezzar, that King Darius saw that and wanted to put him into power. So he actually was elevated into a new position of leadership under the new king, one even greater than when he was under King Nebuchadnezzar. So Daniel, what we see here, is he had the favor from the king, from the old king and now the new king, King Darius. He had amazing character and his reputation was unprecedented. You know, in the ESV version, what I love that it says there, uh, it says that he had an excellent spirit in him. 
an excellent spirit in him. I'll read that real quick. In verse 3, it says, Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Daniel had favor from the king. And he was looked at in the highest regard by all of his peers, by all, by the, by all of the kings, because of his character, because of his work ethic, because of his integrity, because he was honest. You know, from these scriptures alone, what can we learn here? Just from these few verses. You know, I think as disciples of Jesus, as followers of Christ, it's good to reflect on ourselves. Amen? Think of who you are as a person here today. Some of us may be a father, a mother, a daughter, a son, a student, a worker, a believer in Jesus. Think of who you are this morning. Are you a man or a woman that is looked at with exceptional qualities like Daniel? Do you have exceptional qualities? What does your integrity look like? Are you an honest person? Are you a trustworthy person? Do men and women in your communities, in your, in your friend groups, they look at you as someone with good character? Are you reliable? Can you be counted on? For the students in here, how are your grades? Are you a good student? For some of us older folk, do you pay your bills on time? Are you responsible? Yeah, your lights might get turned off. Yeah. Are you a good steward of your money? The money God has blessed you with. Do you have the favor of the authorities in your life? Whether it's your boss, for some of us students, is it your teachers? Do you have their favor? Daniel had the favor from the king. Are you a man or a woman that is looked at with exceptional qualities like Daniel? You know, brothers and sisters, if I, want to, I want to be honest with you for a second here. I think one of the things I feel like I personally want to work on in my character is my honesty. I want to grow in my vulnerability with people in my life. And I think if I'm not vulnerable, what's going to make someone want to be vulnerable back to me? The times when I've, I've tried to make myself look better than I really am because of insecurity. You know, I've grown up going to church my whole life. I've been a disciple of Jesus almost 10 years, and I'm only 24 years old. I have a lot of reason to be self-righteous, to think I'm awesome, to put myself on a pedestal, and then I start putting myself in this place where I, I think I'm something that I'm not. And I get so blinded by my pride, and then I lack honesty, I lack vulnerability. And then I get insecure to the point where I don't want to share because I don't want to look bad. I want to keep up this facade. Can anyone else relate? But I have to have the conviction of Daniel to find favor from the people in my life. And I want to find favor from you guys, my family. And I know that it starts with me being honest and vulnerable about where I'm at. You know, one of the scriptures that I love in Colossians 3.23, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. 
The reason Daniel had favor in the king's eyes was not because he was doing it for the king. He was doing it for the Lord. He worked hard for the Lord. He had exceptional qualities because he wanted to honor God. Not the king, not anybody else in his life, but God and God alone. We're going to look at that here in a little bit. But we, as followers of Jesus specifically, are called to have excellent character, to be trustworthy, to be honest, to be reliable, to be vulnerable, and to have integrity. Amen? How can we make an impact in our communities the way that we talk about, the way that we want to, the way that we read about in Acts 2, like Alan read this morning? How are we going to make that impact if we lack the character to be honest, to be in full of integrity, if we aren't respected by our peers or respected by our authorities, if we don't find favor in them, how are we going to share the gospel of Jesus with them and really make an impact? We've got to imitate Daniel's example. Amen? Let's imitate the example of Daniel and find favor from the people of authority in our life and from our communities. Amen, brothers and sisters? My next point this morning is defiantly righteous. I know you're probably like, what does that mean? Okay, let's talk about that. So as we continue in the story, in verses 6 through 10, what we see is the high officials, all of uh, Daniel's peers, basically are trying to trap him. Because they're like, dude, this guy's too good to be true. His character's too awesome. But it's just frustrating to them. And they want get to get him into trouble. So what they end up doing is they convince the king, King Darius, to put into the law that you're not allowed to pray or worship anybody else except the king. Well, what we know here is that that ain't going to fly with Daniel. All right, that ain't going to fly with him. So let's pick up in verse 10 and look at his response. Verse 10 of Daniel chapter 6. It says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and they found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or human being except to you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, The decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Well, Daniel, who is one of, your, one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. So what are we seeing here? Daniel had some defiance in him to the king. But he was defiant in the right way. He was defiantly righteous. He stood up for what he believed in. What I love that it says there, even though he got trapped, even though all, all the people try to put the, him in, into a restriction, and they used the king's power to manipulate him, even though all that happened, what does it say he did? Three times a day, he got down on his knees. I'm going to get down on my knees. He got down on his knees, and he prayed, giving thanks to God, his God, What's that last phrase say? Just as he had done before. What's the significance? He was already doing this. This was his conviction. 
This is what he believed in. This is what his routine was. He was like, man, it doesn't matter what gets in my way. I'm going to continue to do what I know is right. Daniel did not change his conviction, his routine, or his lifestyle based on any man-made law or rule that could possibly restrict him. You know, earlier we were talking about feeling restricted in our walk with God at times. I would think this is definitely a restriction. Would you, would you agree? Yeah. And I understand that we can feel restricted in our walk, in our times with Jesus. But Daniel didn't let that stop him. Daniel didn't let that change his convictions. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, we cannot let restrictions or circumstances change our biblical truth convictions. Amen? And can I be honest for a second? I want to ask you guys this question here. Do you change your convictions based on the circumstance or the culture you're living in? I think this is a real question we've got to address. I know I've had to address it in my life and I'm still addressing it. But I've noticed in all of our lives, in a lot of, in a lot of the churches that I've been a part of, and that I've seen, I'm starting to see some common cultural compromises seep into the fabric of our church. I read Matthew 6, it says, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Who said that? that was Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who we all follow. But I have a problem, and I see some of us not seeking first the kingdom. Some of us aren't prioritizing meetings of the body the way we should. The, the way we know we need to. That it says in the scriptures to not give up meeting together. We start prioritizing work. Or we start prioritizing scheduling class for the students during midweek or Devo. We start going to kids' school events or sports events in place of being with the body of Christ. And we're not seeking first the kingdom the way we're called to. I read Matthew 28, 19. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. But I see a lack of evangelism, a lack of a heart to teach people about Jesus in our congregation. I see a lack of a desire to spread the good news of how Christ has saved all of us. All of us are here because of Jesus, and we've been saved by Him, but we're not willing to open our voice and share it with our neighbor? I don't think there's an excuse for anyone in here not to be teaching about Jesus to at least one friend once a week. Once a week. You can give up an hour of your time to go meet with a friend, open the Word of God, and share the Gospel. In Acts 4, verse 18, we see the heart of the disciples in the first century church. It says, Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Which is right in God's eyes? To listen to you or to Him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. You know, I fear that some of us, maybe some of the parents or some of the, the people in here can change biblical convictions because of our children choosing a different lifestyle or a different set of beliefs. So we want to accommodate them. 
We want to water down the Bible. We want to water down Jesus' truths in order to help them feel like they're in a good place. Some of us who are sharing the gospel have compromised in our convictions that people are no longer attracted to true discipleship because they're not seeing it lived out in you. We've got to address these things, brothers and sisters. We've got to have the character like Daniel to address these things. Are we changing our convictions based on the culture or the circumstance that we're in? And I get it. I want to have compassion. I'm preaching to myself. These three things I just brought up are the things I wrestle with. And I've fallen short in many of these areas. There's been times where I haven't stood up for the convictions of righteousness, the convictions of purity. And I want to apologize for that. I want to apologize for the times that I've not been genuine, not shared the gospel, the truth, the way I know I'm called to, where I've been timid and afraid to offend somebody. But we've got to speak out and be honest. This world doesn't need any more politicians. It needs prophets. It needs men and women to preach the gospel. It needs men and women to stand firm in our convictions who aren't going to compromise. Amen? 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. We can't compromise, brothers and sisters. Let's not compromise. Let's stand firm in the convictions. Yes, we can be understanding. Yes, we can be loving. Yes, we're going to listen. Yes, we're going to have grace. But we cannot change the truth. Are you with me? We're going to close out here in verse 21. And we all know what ends up happening in this story. That Daniel prays three times a day. He gets in trouble from the king. And they throw him into the lion's den. In verse 21, we pick up. It says, Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor... Excuse me, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in God. Because he had trusted in the king? Because he had trusted in himself? Because he had trusted in God. You know, this is my favorite part of this story because it says in verse 22 that they have not, or that my God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. He shut the mouths of the lions. And my last point this morning is we've got to compel God to shut the mouth of the lion. Does your faith, do your convictions, do the way you stand up for what's right compel God to shut the mouths of lions in your life? Is God like, yep, him right there. He's righteous. I'm shutting that lion's mouth. I'm going to protect him. I'm going to protect her because she's being righteous. Daniel's faith and commitment to God is what shut the mouths of these lions. He was faithful to God despite this tough restriction of, hey, I might die. I might go in there, get mauled and killed by lions. But I'm not changing my conviction. You know, earlier we talked about how Daniel found favor from the king. Well, in this instance, God found favor on Daniel. 
It says he was innocent before him. And so God delivered him from the mouths of these lions. Amen? And I believe that's what we all want. We want to be delivered. Think about what God will do if we stand up for our convictions, brothers and sisters. Think about the impact we get to have when we stand firm to the biblical truths we know are true then, now, and forever. You know, I want to share a story as we close out. When I was in high school, I played basketball, high school basketball, and I was also a Christian at that time. I had just become a young Christian. And we started doing these Bible discussions at my family's house. We live about two minutes from, from campus. And we had students you know, that were a part of our, our church at that time at a different school um, that was about five minutes away and at my high school. And so we started these Bible discussions, these, these Bible studies together. And it was an awesome time. Well, what ended up happening is we started doing them, I think it was Tuesday night or like Tuesday at like 5 o'clock. It was a lot of fun. We'd have food. We'd have people come out. We'd, we'd do a Bible study. We'd play basketball afterwards. It was just a great bonding time. But one day, like I said, I played high school basketball. My coach, in the middle of the season, switched the time of practices. He changed the time to Tuesdays at 4 p.m., and it ran till 6. And one day when I heard that, I went up to him, and I was scared. I was like, Coach, um... I don't think that's going to work for me. Um, I got a Bible study I got to go to that's at five. And a lot of the, the teammates, actually, they like to go to it. Um, so I'm willing to deal with the consequences, but I'm going to have to leave practice early. And he said that because of my conviction to hold firm to prioritizing the Bible study first, that he was willing to end practice early. And as a matter of fact, he said, if I end early, I want you to bring the whole team with you to the Bible talk. And so we ended up having consistently at least 80% of the team show up to that Bible discussion. And it was an amazing time. One of them studied the Bible. One of them became a Christian and committed his life to Jesus. And I just remember it. Wow. I was so young in my faith. And I was like, man, if I just speak up a little bit. The little faith that I had in that moment, I was scared. I think I was a sophomore in high school. I was so nervous to tell my coach, i got to go to Bible study. <laughs> I was so nervous, but I spoke up and God said, I got you. I'm going to shut the mouth of the lion. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to protect you. Think of the times He's done that for you. Think of those times. He has protected us. He has been there for us. He, he shuts the mouths of the lions when we are faithful to Him. Amen? So brothers and sisters... As we close out, I want us to, to live our lives imitating the example of Daniel. Imitating his example of righteousness, of standing firm in his convictions. We've got to hold firm to these convictions because God will respond. Amen? Amen? God will respond. Let's all strive to have the same faith as Daniel who found favor from the king and was defiantly righteous. I want to encourage all of you this morning, let's not fear the lion. Don't fear the lion in your life because God is with you. Stay faithful, don't give up, and stand firm in your convictions. It reminds me of someone named Jesus who did the same thing. Amen. He wasn't afraid of being offended or offending others, rather. He wasn't afraid to turn people's ears off he wasn't afraid to speak the truth 
As a matter of fact, he, just like Daniel, was restricted in a much, much more gruesome and worse way, but he did not waver, and he died for us. So at this time, we're going to take this time to have the communion. I'm going to say a prayer as we reflect on Jesus and the cross and how he has made all of this possible for us. Let's say a word of prayer, and we'll take the communion. Father God, good morning. Thank you so much for your son Jesus. Thank you so much for the men and and women in the Bible that came before Jesus who set the example of righteousness, who stood firm in their convictions like Daniel did, who were ready to go into the lion's den because they weren't going to change based on a man-made rule, a law, a circumstance, or the culture they lived in. But, brothers and, or, but God, I pray that you be with the brothers and sisters in here this morning. That you help all of us to build the courage, to build the faith, to grow closer to you, to lean on your spirit, to give us the strength to stand firm in the times of testing. To stand firm in the times where it feels like something horrible could potentially happen. But God, I pray that we remember your son Jesus and how he was the ultimate example of standing firm in the faith, that he set the example for how we as followers can grow in our faith, can mature in our faith, to grow in our character, to stand firm in our faith, God. So I pray this morning as we reflect on the cross, as we reflect on Jesus' sacrifice for all of our lives, that we connect intimately with the fact that we do not deserve what we have been given. But God and Jesus, you are so gracious and so giving. We are so grateful to have received that gift of forgiveness. Lord, we love you. We pray all these things in your son's name. Amen.